lower your expectations. It's a hockey podcast with Lance and Randall. Hi, and welcome to podcast number four. Can you believe it? Hey, we're rolling along. We are amazing. We have been educating people in the hockey community so well that we decided to add another 30 minutes just to show that we're not we're not just we're not kidding around. Exactly. We're we, serious. We're serious about educating and we're serious about helping you, the customer, the listener, the people at home. Uh, get your kid into uh, well, what is hockey nirvana? What is what what does that represent for you? Hey, it's different for different people. It totally is. You're absolutely right. Wherever that uh, level you may want is double AA, A, triple A, uh, the elusive uh, Division One and or NHL. I, I, I want you all to get there. Uh, we all know that uh, that that's a very high odds, but we might as well try to get there together. Lance, I was I was thinking, if you could just uh, you know, it's been bothering me. I've been sitting at home. I've been saying. I don't think Lance said enough about Shattuck. I think he wants to say more. And I was wondering if you wouldn't mind kicking off your Lance's thoughts with a little bit more about, about the process getting into Shattuck. I would love to. I actually Stir- listened back to and agree that I think... Uh, Lance is a perfectionist. He listens back. He says to himself, oh no, I didn't do enough. And then he comes back to the table with more information. That's why we love this man. Well, thank you. No problem. I love this man too. <laughs> well, Lance, perhaps, perhaps uh, this is for another show. I, I will, uh, I'll, I'll keep that in the docket for maybe uh, some other uh, podcast, right. podcast six. Well, I do agree with you. I thought that uh, it, for for time's sake and expediency, that maybe I, I skipped over some things that uh, people might find interesting or helpful. So, uh, going back to Shattuck, as we will call it, Shattuck Part Two. Um, I just wanted to kind of quickly overview kind of the whole process because I think there were a few steps in there that got missed. And so, and by the way, that's good because all of us, uh, every single thing we do uh, that's in our memory banks, uh, we don't always remember every step along the way. And it's that it's those in-between steps that are going to help people out, I think. And it's the in-between steps that I wanted to know when I was going to my first tier tryout, when I was going for, to my first... Triple uh, A tryout. All those little steps that uh, that people have actually walked down that path. They're the ones that really help people out and and make them feel more comfortable about their choices. So I'm glad that you're doing this. Well, thank you. So um, so it actually all started for us even before we got the email from Shattuck. It, the begin the real true beginning. I realized after the podcast was the fact that uh, a local parent was kind of organizing a group of kids to go to Shattuck during the summer because during the month of July, Shattuck holds camps there uh, and welcomes uh, a bunch of kids. They do it over four weeks. Each camp is one week. Uh, The kids typically get dormed there. Uh, You know, we had heard it's a great experience. Um, A lot of kids from all over the world go there. And uh, so anyway, so we did that camp. We picked a week. We did the camp. We knew uh, various people, uh, just because somebody was organizing a group to go there, but uh, you know, but we also met a bunch of great kids that we bump into today uh, out in the hockey world. Some coming in from other countries, some playing back east in different parts of the country. So high aspiration kids, kids yeah, that want to exactly. go to the very top. They kind of stick together. It's kind of nice to have your kid around them. I'm betting too. Right, and so the uh, kind of the uh, the dream 
while you were there, the urban legend was that, hey, you know, I'm, I'm going to bring my boys in and they're going to light the world on fire and Shattuck is going to beg them to come to school there and... Beg them. Beg them, exactly. That, that, like, like Lance, can you please bring your kids here? Exactly. So that that's like the dream, even though, you know, when you're there, people try to bring you back to reality and say, you know, that never happens. And so we went there. And it brings back Resume Dad. How many Resume Dads did you see out there talking up their kids while the kids were actually playing? Oh, I think I was one of them. There you go. There you go. Resume so, uh, Dad makes an appearance, and it's actually one of us. We often make fun of ourselves uh, here, and it's probably warranted. Go ahead. Exactly. So anyway, so uh, they said that, that people that had been to the camp said, you know, that never happens. You, you know, it's just there's so many thousands of kids that want to get there. That doesn't happen. So we went there. The kids played. They said, like, the coaches never, like, expressed an interest that, hey, we love the way you play. It just was a great camp. It was fun. They made it fun. Uh, you know, they, they taught them some skills in hockey. They played some scrimmages and had a great time. And we went home. And then where I began the podcast was when we were approached by Shattuck. So, again, uh, I'm not sure... Uh, if they had scouted them, whether somebody had talked to them, whether they saw them at the camp and liked them, all I know is that we got approached. So that was when we got approached. And as I said before, we went out there, skated with them. And so there was two phases to the, to the tryout. Phase one is they were going to evaluate you as a hockey player. And then they were going to let uh, kids who tried out know relatively quickly, like within a week, whether they were interested in you, uh, as a hockey player or not interested. If you made it, uh, which my kids did, they said we were interested, we have interest. That's when you went to phase two, which was you had to fill out a bunch of paperwork. You had to uh, take, uh, I forgot to test the S LSAT or something like that, the LSATs. That, that they had to take the lawyer. You, they were going to all become lawyers is what you're saying. Uh, I can't remember what that's the, test the LSATs. Was. Uh, so what's the, if the you're wondering, from... the LSATs, uh, and this is, I had no idea that Shattuck actually made every incoming kid on the team <laughs> actually take the LSATs. Well, they took a test. <laughs> SSAT? Is that PSAT? The, the pre SAT? I don't know. No, no, this was this is a standardized test. That, uh, by the way, for it, the there kids might take be an to L... get into prep school. Okay, there might be an LSAT out there that I don't know about. The only LSAT I know is the one where they're going to law school. Okay, so I just know it, it had a bunch of letters in it. Okay, so, somebody somebody let us know what an LSAT means, uh, and we can stop fighting about it. But, yeah, so you had to take a, a standardized test right. uh, for your kids. Um, and Similar then, to the SATs, right, but this isn't to get you to college. This right. is to get you to prep school. Just to school. make sure you're getting into prep right. school at the right level and everything like that. So the parents had to fill out a questionnaire. The kids had to fill out questionnaires, and we submitted it all in, and then... Uh, the culmination, if you make it to step three, was the coach actually called uh, each of my boys individually and had like a 30, 45 minute conversation with them uh, just to see, you know, what kind of people they are, where their head was at, what, uh, you know, how, how serious they were about academics, hockey, uh, if they were good people or not. And I think, you know, that was probably one of the most critical parts of the process because, you know, they take it very seriously, which I really love, and that's why Shattuck is Shattuck. They take seriously who the families and the players are that they bring there. They want to make sure they're going to fit into that community and be good citizens uh, and fit in well. So uh, after that, then, uh, then if you make it past that step, you get an offer from them to come attend the school. And once you uh, 
get that offer, then then that last step that we touched on briefly was uh, most parents, like myself, file for uh, financial Divorce. aid. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Divorce, financial aid. I was just trying to figure out which one you were going with. Exactly. But yes. at that point, when you ask uh, if you need it, if you ask for financial aid, you're, you're in. So that's kind of, I think, the whole process kind of more completely in a summarized version. So there were more steps than I talked about before. Well, that's good. I, and again, uh, this was something that uh, Lance had, had listened to himself. He said, you know, I, I don't think I gave them the complete picture. And I'm sure that some people really like the fact that you have that complete picture to kind of uh, uh, put out there for them. Uh, so I'm glad we got to that. And now uh, today on, on my docket, I was going to ask you about your ideas about uh, shortening of the bench uh, and game time, uh, but we don't have. Oh well, I tell you what, you just—it's you, you, your show. Tell me your thoughts on uh, uh, on equal play and shortening the bench and your experience with that with your kids. Okay, well I'll start with my experience because I've actually been on both sides of it. I've been on teams. We all have. Uh, who has not? Uh, if there's anyone who has not been on both sides uh, out there, please hit hit us with an email at youthhockeypodcast at gmail dot com. Uh, youthhockeypodcast at gmail.com, if you can. Now, um, so so my experience, is funny enough, so when uh, experience A, when my kids were kind of more on the, the bottom uh, the bottom six uh, uh, of, of that particular team or teams, uh, and they're shortening the bench, which means my sons are playing less maybe than other kids, I, was, I had the attitude of, hey, this is wrong. This is about the value. You gotta, everyone's got to play equally. And then all of a sudden, magically, we're on teams where my sons are in the top six, and they're playing a lot. And I'm like, yeah, this is you right. Know, I get it. <laughs> I get it. We, we need really it. need to see my child in on that ice a little bit more. I think that's the way everyone feels, by the way. I just think uh, it's nice to hear you honestly say it. Uh, when were your kids? Because uh, you have to understand, his kids are amazingly talented hockey players from my eyes. Uh, when were your kids on the bottom six again? Well, boy, that was back in mites. Okay, I you know? knew that was. I knew it must have been something crazy because I have not seen your kids in the. I, I I don't know. So we were talking about might be or something like that. It was might be. Might right. be. There you go. Okay. So, so yes. Oh, I was gonna say this is my. This is. But you had a great story about about how a coach uh, like sent your kids. That weren't the, were the like six kids that the coach liked and six <laughs> kids the coach didn't like. Oh, can, that, can I, you that, talk about that? Sure, that was okay. funny because that yeah, was my favorite. Because yeah, so we we would show up, and this is probably the worst at a might be level. But you show up to practice, and the the head coach has got like six guys that everyone knew that those were. I don't know if I want to say they're his favorite players, but they're the top players. Top players. And then he shoved the, uh, for lack of a better word, the, bottom players, the bottom players over to the assistant coaches, and we're working. And uh, the funny part of that was I remember going to one of the parents whose kid <laughs> was in the top six and saying, you know, I, I just don't think that's fair. The head coach should should treat everybody equally and, and get everyone involved. And this particular parent was like, no, you're crazy. He's not doing that. He's just working on drills. He's he's He, he would never do that. He loves all the kids equally. And, and as he's talking. The hockey the, shine on. The hockey shine on. Every, no, everything's fine. Everything's good. Because I've got my position on the team, and, and I like it. Everything's good. Exactly. Now, please move to the next step. I as, love this As one. he's speaking about this and telling me about how fair this all is. Totally the, regular. The coach sends his son to the bottom six group, and this guy just flipped out. Hey, what the heck is going on? What's he doing? 
My so, son shouldn't be over there. So to reiterate, uh, what, what Lance said, he's talking to this guy with the kid in the top six. While he's talking, the, the coach sends him down to the assistant coach side of the, the ice. And now the parent sings a completely different tune. Exactly. All of a yeah. sudden he could relate to me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What the, you know? What the hell are you doing? Sending my kid down to that area that 10 seconds ago was fine for that guy's kid. Right. A lot of kids in this scenario, but yeah, I think you understand what I'm saying. Uh, parents uh, will tell you that everything's fair for your kid, but if it happens to their kid, sometimes they will absolutely lose their shit. And exactly. we have seen that. Yeah, we've seen that a lot. Yeah, and it's actually that's coming back. By the way, in the uh, the parents losing their shit is going to be at the end of this podcast <laughs> as well. I've got a quick section about that. So. Well, that's good. So, so here, I mean, truly, here are my thoughts. Yeah. Now, having kids who are uh, midgets uh, playing uh, and advanced along ten plus years in hockey, hmm. this is kind of what I think I personally have learned is that below Bantam, it should just all be about development. And, and it shouldn't be about winning and losing. And I remember a wise coach once told me that he was frustrated with these coaches at mites and skirts and peewees with the win-at-all-costs attitudes when he had never seen a squirt or peewee coach get promoted from the travel team to the NHL. And so he didn't quite understand the, the, the whole attitude. And, and I kind of buy into that. I think when you're playing at those lower levels it should just be purely about making every kid better and giving them experiences and exposures and then as it gets into the band and peewee especially if you're going to be playing like triple a then it could be more about winning and losing and And your kids won state at the squirt level though right squirt a they did i can't imagine that the the squirt a lands would be sitting next to me going oh no i really don't think that but can can you imagine that land taking this new position of yours. Well, because that land has grown. I'm just saying. I'm not. I'm not trying to challenge you on this. I, I think you're absolutely right. I think that's the way people should be. I just know that it is human nature, especially when you believe your kids to be special at the sport. And let's face it, 90% of hockey people, well, let's say 70, think their kids very special right. at the sport, and they want to see them succeed. So, uh, you know. I do not believe that that Lance at Squirt A would have had the same kind of uh, magnanimity of <laughs> of saying everyone should play. Um, I, I'm not sure. Maybe I'm not giving you enough credit. You've grown, and that's a nice thing. Exactly. I'm not the person I was those years. There you go. There you but, go. But I'm just I'm getting in the common man's thought there because I'm right. telling you, uh, people want to win Squirt A championships, even though they mean nothing. We all can understand exactly. they mean nothing. The Pee Wee Double uh, A Championships. Everybody wants to win those too, right? And and it's not like they make you a different person or somehow amazing. It's just the kids want to win. You want to win, right? Here's the where the problem comes in. Okay. You tell me if you agree or not. Good stuff. I think where the problem comes in is communication, because I think if I'm going to go play in a team and it's going to be cutthroat, we're shortening benches and we're going to play to win at all costs, even if that means. Uh, Johnny is going to double, triple shift because he's going to bring us a championship. Your kid was Johnny. Sometimes, sometimes yeah. not. But Most I'm saying, of the time, your kid but, was Johnny. But, Go ahead. But communication is okay. the key because I think the coach, the coaches and the parents should talk and communicate. And you should know, by the way, I'm going on to a team that this is the philosophy. I think what happens That's great. a lot of times... That's a great point. Yeah, is that parents get on teams and they don't realize that that's the philosophy. And then 
they they get upset because now all of a sudden that's the way the teams approach where where you know I think a coach maybe sits out the team and says look your your son's kind of on the bottom six of my group this is the way we're going to approach the games he's going to develop he's going to be playing with strong players and that'll help him get better but you know he's going to sit out some key moments of games and let parents decide well do I want to be part of that or not well and one thing uh, the listeners should understand is California squirt A now costs what what like five thousand I've heard thirty five four thousand dollars in thirty five hundred four thousand dollars now the sun shines pretty bright here in the uh, city of angels but it is definitely uh, a, a you know parents that can say oh I don't mind my kid not playing as much all of a sudden like game six or seven of a year which is like 20 game season or something like that they do sometimes change their tunes even when they've been told up front hey right. your kid's not going to be great I remember I, re- I remember and you know this person and I'm not going to say the name but there was a person that was put on a team and they said that you're never going to play you, you know it, it was a local rink they said he, this kid's not going to play on this team he might get two shifts a game and the parents said oh no okay yeah that's fine oh, I just want to yeah, do you remember that? that okay I was there halfway I through it. the season this parent lost his shit in fact I think the the uh, the theme for this particular podcast is parents losing their shit this parent even though he was totally uh, prepared for all of the, uh, you know, completely up front, the coach was, uh, he lost his shit. And it was a huge uh, meltdown. Uh, and the, and But he didn't have a leg to stand on either because I no, was there. It doesn't matter if you have a be... leg. It's loud. You know, it's, like, <laughs> right. it's still hugely disruptive. And it was something that parents get in their heads that their kid is special. That's the 70%. And even if the coach says he's not going to play him at the beginning of the year, my kid's going to win it out and win him over and do better. Right. And he'll somehow, you know, out, I don't yeah. know what you call it, uh, um, outwork the entire, uh, you know, you, you outwork the entire field and you right. somehow get on the ice a lot more, even though the coach told you no. Yeah, and the coach wasn't pushing them that they no, want a team. As a matter of fact, the want coach to be on told the team. them, yep. drop to a lower level and your kid's going to play a lot. Uh, okay. Don't be but on this team. I'm just putting that in there That's because true. even though you, I, I totally agree that it should be a dialogue, there are times that hockey dialogues end up in uh, conflict even though everyone has gotten the same information. It's and that's true. weird. That's weird. So, anyway, as parents, me, we're crazy. Let me exactly. Let me push you on. Uh, we we talked a little bit about uh, uh, shortening the bench, and uh, we didn't talk much about game time. Uh, how much do you think is too much for a kid to play in a in a in a triple A in a very high you know like not triple A maybe but double maybe tier one tier two? Do you think that double shifting is okay? Do you think that I mean what where do you draw the line on percentages? Do you think? I mean, I don't think, uh, I meant if you have a strong player and you want to get him out there more, yeah. sure, let him play more. But I think if you're consistently double shifting him the entire game, um, I think, doesn't he at a certain point, is he going to just get exhausted and can't, I mean, imagine a I guy. I don't know, I haven't, seen, I haven't seen the competition you're talking about. I've seen some kids that like in-house play the entire game. They look fine. So, uh, yeah. but uh, tier three or tier one, you might you might have more. See, I just don't think at the level it, that, that that you could sustain it. You might. I mean, let's put it this way: if the coach is smart about it and picks his moments, that's probably a great strategy. Right. But if he's considered just just every other shift playing the kid, I just don't think at the at the triple A level 
at a midget AAA level that there's a lot of kids out there that could sustain that and go into the third period where where a guy who's equally as talented as him is played, you know, significantly less minutes. So he's fresh in the third. Okay. Well, the other guy. And the other thing, too, is that for every team that I've personally seen that uh, – or most teams that have a guy that's at that level, I, I think they – at least in my mind, and I'm not a coach, they should be a more beatable team. Because I just know in my experience, we've come across teams where there was a clearly dominant kid who was going to play a lot of the game. And as before the games, I remember I told my boys, look, if he's on the ice, when you're on the ice, just cover him like a blanket and don't even let him touch the puck and let the other four guys beat you. And mm-hmm. in, the, in the couple of games that we, that we did that, and we and our team covered this kid, and the kid couldn't even receive a pass because somebody was gov- you know covering yeah. him like it was the NBA. Uh, we won those games because the rest of the kids, the coach had had, had uh, you know baby basically pampered to that guy's needs so much. Right. The rest of the kids weren't equipped. Well, to, they didn't to know how to up. do the heavy lifting when the when the regular guy that was doing all you know doing everything doing all the work exactly right? when so. he was taken out of the equation, like you said, yeah. it uh, it affected the team. Well, anyway, uh, that that's uh, I'm going to move us on to the question section of the uh, podcast. I hope you don't mind. If there's anything else, did you want anything else on shortening the bench or game time? No, other. I'll, I'll just finish by saying I, I thought it was humorous. Uh, you know the person, but I may have to tell you later about it. But mm-hmm. I just remember how I suddenly realized how serious that problem is. Is when I showed up at the game and a friend of mine who I had played, our sons had played hockey together years earlier was sitting there with a clipboard and a stopwatch. And every time his son got on the ice, he started the stopwatch and was recording. And I'm like, seriously, is it, is it that, you know, is it that disparaging that you have to sit there with a stopwatch and record exactly how many minutes your son's playing a game? I remember my parents would come to exactly one-eighth of my football games and uh, baseball games. Uh, they would not only not put a stopwatch on me, they pretty much made it very clear that what I was doing was not interesting to them. <laughs> so, uh, yes, the modern parent has got a very different uh, view on child uh, children's athletics, uh, and that could be a topic at some point for, but now, for us. But now, you yeah. know, my, at least your football experience is better than mine. I yeah. told you my experience where yeah. I played high school football and I had a crush on the head cheerleader. Oh, my gosh. And I never forget coming out of practice one day and I took my helmet off like, when the season was just about over, and she looked over, and she's like, oh, my God, I didn't know you played football. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I guess helmets make football, uh, 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 you know, you can't be as cool as the as the um, oh, lacrosse players or the swimmers. They, they all get to, like, show off what they look like. Uh, yeah, but she knew, helmet or no helmet, she knew the star quarterback. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's Yeah, us too, by the way. <laughs> I was on the line as well, so I know what you're talking about. Um, I have some questions, one from Boulder, Colorado, coming in here. Uh, is there any way to stop a parent from trying to win the lobby? I picked this one out because I do like the, the, uh, the, the quote, win the lobby. Uh, what do you think about those parents that lose the game and then go down to the lobby and start griping or yelling or, or getting, you know, trying to tell the other team that, uh, that their, their victory was somehow tainted or should be undermined? 
I love those parents. Can I grab popcorn? <laughs> I am those parents. Oh, yeah. I, that's I grab my popcorn and yeah. drink, and I sit back uh, and I watch because... Oh, you're so mean. Because I told you, the the best winning the lobby that I saw was when they decided to win it with physicality. Yeah. And there was slapping and crying and punching and hair pulling. Lance is... Uh, by the way, Lance is, uh, likes the physicality a little more than I do. <laughs> uh, but yes, there was a, a time uh, in our rink where... A parent tried to punch another parent and ended up hitting the daughter of the parent he was trying to punch, and the police were called. Um, I don't know if you have that at your local rink, and I'm not saying that's funny. I'm saying it's sad, but at this point, you still can't help but go, oh my god, how do you miss the dad and hit the teenage daughter? Exactly. There's some bad, there's some bad boxing up here, is what I'm saying. There's some bad aim in the part of the country that we come from. Uh, but winning the lobby, I, I have the, um, and I have done this. Uh, I have I have gotten out of a game, and I have been upset, and uh, I've, you know, like, the the, the, you know, the loss was maybe stung a little bit, and I've been angry at the other parents um, for the kind of play that their kids exhibited out on the ice. Uh, I haven't done it much, but I always find it to be a, a really low, you know, it's, it's, it's not a good look for anybody. To be, you know, chatting up how right. how bad everyone else is around them and what jerks the other teams are, exactly. even if they are jerks, you know, they know um, it. But you know, there are just some coaches out there that really push the physical game, and the thug kids love, you know, gravitate towards those people, and then they just go and they act like that. Um, but there's nothing you you're not teaching them anything. You're just you're just upset. Uh, so I hey, no I way, love the thug kids. <laughs> <laughs> there's no way to stop that parent from trying to win the lobby, but uh, try not to be that parent is what I would say. Um, you know, I'm going to move this to our next podcast. Uh-huh. Tournament teams. Uh, there's something that Lance actually started his own tournament team, but there was a question about tournament teams, and uh, I think, quite honestly, uh, it's something that we could uh, uh, we could expound upon a little bit more uh, in the next. Uh, um, episode. So I'm going to move that and I'll move straight on to equipment. Um, this is a topic that Lance does not like. I could tell from when I put it out to him, but I think it's important. Jerseys. How much should a jersey cost uh, at a travel level? Uh, out here, I just paid last year $699 for a set of jerseys and bag uh, at a local rink uh, for a AAA team. And it made me feel like I was being robbed at gunpoint. Uh, so I, I, I think, quite honestly, they should do something to, you know, the you can't control how much it costs to freeze the ice. Uh, you can control in these organizations how much money you make people put on the line for the kids' uniform and the name on the back. So uh, what do you think about that, Lance? And I, I won't make you talk about it too much. Um, you know, my, my thoughts are this. I, I think I mentioned to you before, I love fancy jerseys with yes. the silk. I know you told me that. I grew I up watching hockey it. players with I that. I don't understand it. But I, with that said, you know, yeah. as with all parents, I, uh, I was happy. Our team used those sublimated jerseys one year where it was very inexpensive. And you know what? We played just as good and... Uh, nobody, I think, even noticed or said, like, what the heck are they wearing? And uh, so I do like the, the inexpensiveness. Yeah, the uh, new sublimated dye jerseys, they look fine. They're not like the old-fashioned sweaters, and I, I, I know they aren't, uh, you know, but also they don't take as long either. I don't know about you guys, but we have had so many jersey delays. In 10 years of playing, I think I've gotten the jersey on time twice. 
for three kids. Let I'm me, not kidding. Let me, we, do, we just don't do it well out here. I don't know how. But how about you? Have you had late jerseys, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, usually we play like the preseason without regular yeah. jerseys. But let me I throw some out here to it. you. Yeah. What do you think of what do you think of the uh, Shattuck model, and which is the same? Model oh, I love that. That all football I love teams would I do. I love it. I love. Go ahead. Okay. This. The, the, yeah. The Shattuck model was is they had like an inventory of jerseys. I don't know, 50, 60, 70, all shapes and sizes, and you come in there, and uh, and it, basically you get assigned a jersey. When the season's over, you give it back. And they wore, so you didn't have to buy a jersey. And, it, and the, the two things, number one, you don't get your name on the back, but anybody who can pick up a program could see, you know, that, that number 11 is Johnny and number 9 is Joey. You know what I mean? So you, you didn't need the names on the back of the jerseys. Everyone knew who everyone was. And number two was that, like, I think they used the same jerseys for like seven, eight years. And so it was very cost-efficient. And you just gave the jersey back at the end of the year. I love it. That's exactly what I want. If I ever open a rink, we're doing exactly that. Um, uh, I'm bringing in a character, uh, and I'm hoping you can you can figure out who I am uh, through a series of questions and answers about uh, uh, about my kid and my kid's future. Um, again, I'm not going to tell you who I am as this character. I would like you to ask me a, a series of questions about my kid's play and his his future, and um, and and let's see if you can figure out by doing that. Go ahead, Lance. Okay, uh, how good's your player? Uh, he's he's okay. He's all right. He's you know he's he plays hockey. Okay, and do you uh, does he like to play hockey? Yeah, but he's never gonna play travel. He's not gonna he's not gonna play travel. He, he plays, but he's not gonna play travel. And well, was he in, at least is he enjoying himself? No, he's not gonna play travel. Have I told you he's not? I'm sorry. No matter who recruits him or how hard they recruit him, he is never going to play travel. Uh, well, gee, I mean, can I throw a guess out there? I mean, I would say, is this like cheap dad? This is the guy that says that their son's never going to play travel. And Two when, years <laughs> later, he's at the AAA Ducks or Kings uh, talking about how the kid has to play at the most competitive place in the world. But at this point in the time, the character is the kid who is never going to play travel. Travel yeah. hockey, that is. That's, you know, it's fine. I don't know if I've ever met them. Oh, we have met, a, a, honey, have we met a few uh, never play travel not only she's she's giving me a thumbs up. Not only have we met them, we have played on teams with with parents that are like, oh, well, this is this is the you know we're, we're new to travel. We're never gonna go into tier hockey or anything. And then two years later, they're out of the rink because they have to find their kid a better team than the one that's at the rink that they're that's at funny. because they're never gonna play travel. Then eventually they play travel, and then all of a sudden they're gone to a place where better travel is because they're little. Um, I don't know, uh, what would you want to call him? Uh, a delight or uh, their little precious gem right. is not being served well at the local rink. Well, you know what's so funny is, I, I see, my memory is I've met a few parents who said we'll never play travel. Never play travel. But they held up to that. Oh, wow. And I think that... We've never uh, met that guy. I am playing the never play travel uh, uh, dad. Who goes and plays who travel. Who definitely goes and plays travel. Okay. Yeah. Because I've met a few that said they weren't and they didn't, which I thought was just kind of... Well, that, but that's not a character. Held back see, Lance has got to learn about characterization. <laughs> the character that says he's never going to play travel and then never plays travel, there's no arc there. Right. You see I'm saying he's done nothing other than that's like me saying I'm going to go get a box of, uh, a, a juice box going and getting a juice box now if I say I'm going to go get a juice box and I come back here with a six pack of beer and I shotgun it that's an interesting right. transition something happened between the time I got from here to the fridge 
and and you it's 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 fascinating i believe it, it is fascinating okay well uh, lance has told me uh at great detail that i need to slow down the ends of these podcasts <laughs> so i would like us all to take a moment of silence think about somebody you love think about a hockey shot a, a great moment in hockey that you you have witnessed or that your kid participated in and now that you have that vision in your mind I would like you to think about us here at Youth Hockey Podcast. We are done with episode four. Thank you. Thank you. There we go.